This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 86. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick, and I am joined once again by my co-host Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you? I am cold. How are you? Oh, I am nice and warm and cozy over here. So thanks for I asking. I know that's not true. I know where you live. You're cold too. <laughs> it's like a mere eight degrees <laughs> here. Oh, uh, anyway, but I'm hot natured. So, all right, this is the color. <laughs> What's that? I said I'm hot, hot nature. nature. What is that? <laughs> not nature. I'm naturally hot. I I have a core temperature. I have a core temperature is like 98 degrees or something like that. Mm, I think Matt's you know, the I can same way. Walk around without you know a coat on. So yeah, that's how Matt is. But he's never used the term hot nature. Oh, has he not? No, I've never heard. <laughs> he that can before. use that. He can adopt that. Yeah. No, I'm not telling him about that one. <laughs> so this is a color pencil podcast for the hobbyist color pencil artist and the professional artist alike. So Lisa, what are we talking about today? We have eight tips for setting your art goals for the new year. All right. I think this is a real exciting and important type of thing to talk about because as the new year is rolling around now, we're still in January, it's time to kind of think about and naturally we we just evaluate how we did last year and then we look forward to this year and we sort of take inventory and, and account of our life and where we are and setting art goals I think should be a big part of that. Because it's not only just your personal life but your career life or, and your hobbies or whatever it's it's just a good time to reflect and to decide what you're going to work on this year all right so resolutions i believe and i think you probably agree with me lisa that resolutions just usually they typically don't work because people kind of think of them as a wish you know i yeah. wish that i'm going to eat better i wish i'm going to exercise or i wish this or that and they don't really follow through on those things but on the other hand when we're talking about goals we're talking about something that we're going to be specific about and so somebody said that a goal is a dream with a date attached to it and i really like that analogy because we're 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 taking it serious is what we're doing when we have a goal. So it's something that we write down. We're very specific about it. It's measurable. And it's something that we begin to break down the steps on how we're going to get there. And so as we're discussing these tips, that's what we're going to talk about is some things that we can actually do in our art business to measure our progress and see where we've been and where we're going. One of the things too to keep in mind is that you don't have to wait till the new year to set new goals. This is something that I do all year around. I mean, even if you're listening to this podcast in June, you can start Absolutely. right now. Right. And before I forget it, I have put together a goals workbook and I made that available to you over there in the show notes for this particular podcast. So head on over there and download that. That's free of charge. And I put a lot of work into that and I, I think you'll get a lot of use out of it. 
All right. So another reason that I think goals are important for us to have is because it keeps us energized. It keeps us excited about our art business. And we have a purpose for doing what we're doing. And it keeps us on point and driven towards whatever we're working towards. With that backdrop, we've got eight tips or things to consider when setting your art goals for this year. Number one, what are your art goals for the year? That's something that you have to determine ahead of time. So you got to brainstorm. You got to just write everything down. Just write it down, make no judgments, and just write down everything that may come to mind as being something possible. And then I like to narrow it down. I don't know about you, Lisa, but I like to look at it and then consider what may be a goal and then narrow that down to about three to maybe five overall goals, overreaching these larger high-level goals. And then I prioritize those with specific dates. Those dates, I think, are so important, too. If you don't set actual Mm -hmm. date goals, you're probably not going to hit them. That was a big one I had to learn for myself. Give myself, okay, this needs to be done by February. This needs to be done by March. That made a big difference in me actually accomplishing things. Oh yeah, good tip. Number two, what are the specific time slots you will block out to work on your goals? What am I willing to give up in order to achieve these goals? Yeah, see, I think this is a big one because... You know, I'm, I'm just going to use this podcast, Lisa, as it's something we both have a frame of reference for. But, you know, when we started this, we we determined what day would work best for you and I. And then we decided on the block of time and we had we had to give up some stuff. I had to give up a little bit of family time. But, you know, I worked around it and I knew when, you know, I was going to be doing this. But it's the same thing with your studio time, too. You have to decide when that time is going to be. And then you block that time and you say, no, I mean, you don't have to treat it sacrosanct or anything. You can make, be somewhat flexible with it, obviously. But you do have to have some specific times, I think, in mind so that you treat it like a habit. Because when I get up in the morning, and I think you're this way as well, when you get up in the morning, you go in the bathroom, what's it, What's one thing that you do? You brush your teeth because you've trained yourself. That's my habit. That's what I do before I go to bed at night, brush my teeth, you know, floss, whatever. You do these, you do this ritual because that's what you do. And then you'll feel weird not doing those very things. Yes. And so that's the same thing we have to do, I think, with an art habit, something that uh, some people refer to it as uh, a studio habit, you know, something that that is so ingrained in what you do that it is part of just what you do. That, that is so true, too. I mean, looking back at with me with YouTube, that made all the difference in the world for me when I had to have a schedule. I knew I had to have a piece of art mm-hmm. done. You know, that video is going up on Wednesday. I better have something done. And it made it really easy for me. I mean, that it was a goal that I had basically... Some people would be questioning me if I didn't make that goal. Other people were aware of that goal, you know, that I was supposed to have a video ready. So having people waiting for it, depending on me to get something done like that or being aware, kind of sort of like having an accountability partner um, or lots of partners in my case. So that was the one thing that worked for me. I think as artists, we have a tendency to be a little bit, well, at least with me and many of my friends, but but flaky. We may not follow through with stuff. And art is so easy to go, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm not in the mood. So, yeah, definitely those goals and knowing this is when I have to have that done my production level it over the last couple of years has been like nothing it ever was my entire life before I just want to say something about that too you're right I mean it's easy to kind of sit back and say well I get to play around and do art anyway it's kind of doing what I want to do so I'll just kind of do it when I want to do Uh it and that part just doesn't I mean doing things when you want to do that's called retirement (laughs) no that's that's what you do in retirement you don't do that when you're working right and that's how you treat it yeah and that was how I basically handled it the first 15 years of my career 
career, and I didn't do right. as well as I should have because of it. Now, since you mentioned accountability, I'm going to skip down to number four then instead of number three. And because we're talking about that there, consider forming an accountability or support group like a mastermind or an art group that you meet up with regularly uh, in a physical location. And you have to make some decisions on that. You know, how often do you meet and how often do you need to meet? You know, is it you can you can do too much of that. And I think it's uh, too much and not necessary, but you can have just enough to where you know that when you go back and you face that group that they're going to ask you about, you know, what you got accomplished. Now, I did form a mastermind group and I'm trying to remember when that was. I don't remember. It's been nearly a year, I think. What has been really good with that is it did hold my feet to the fire. You know, we talked about problems at the beginning of the call and then we would talk about our wins, but I knew and then we would talk about, you know, going forward, what we're going to be talking about on the next call and what we expect to have accomplished. And I know every time that I meet up in that mastermind group that I'm going to have to face, you know, the fact that maybe I didn't get something accomplished. And that that is that's some sort of pressure right there. I mean, it, it really does weigh on me a little bit. And I, I it pushes me into action, knowing that that's going to happen. That is a great tip. I really like that one. Yeah, the uh, the mastermind has been really helpful and it ebbs and flows with members. You don't always have uh, a whole bunch of members. Uh, you know, you, you set up rules on how many uh, you'll have at a time and what constitutes someone dropping off, you know, if they don't show up or that kind of thing. But the, the good thing about it is the main one that I'm with, she's another artist. And I tell you, the weird thing is we're there to uh, support each other about our art business. And we have never talked about art, never talked about art technique, never about anything art related. It's all been about business. And that's exactly what we what we needed. So you have to make those decisions yourself. If that's not what you're interested in, if you're more looking at this as, as a hobby with some goals that you want to have accomplished, then, you know, you set your own rules. And number three is have a specific location to go along with that time slot that we talked about a little, a little while ago. So have a dedicated location in your home in or your studio if it's off location and away from your home where your family or significant other or whoever, your dog or pet or hamster or whatever, knows that you cannot be disturbed while you're creating your art. Again, it goes back to that habit that we talked about, that this is the location where I'm I'm going to be, I'm going to be planted over here. I am not to be disturbed if, you know, and you set the parameters on that, what constitutes a disruption in your art creation. Maybe for you, somebody can come up and talk to you while you're creating art. I know some people are very finicky about that and cannot be disturbed whatsoever. But, you know, you, you kind of set those parameters and you set the expectations with those around you that may be concerned about that. So being that we're jumping all over, we will now skip ahead to number five. <laughs> Let's just go to eight. <laughs> we'll go back. Some possible goals that you might set as an artist could be to complete a themed body of work, maybe set dates on when you will have these pieces accomplished. You could start an art blog or revive one if you started it and haven't been using it. That was a huge problem for me with blogging. You could start an art show or submit your work to a particular number of shows. Maybe you want to finally create your own website. Oh, I strongly recommend doing that, by the way. Mm -hmm. You could start advertising for commissions. Maybe it's time to pull the trigger on a big purchase that will help you this year in your business or in your techniques or skills or whatever it is that you're working on. Yeah, so maybe like a, a desk. Maybe it's time that you finally buy that desk that you really, really want or a light box or maybe a camera or, you know, a DSLR, upgrade your camera to a 
a better camera or, you know, you purchase a scanner that, uh, you know, is going to do a, a, a terrific job. Maybe, you know, you're going to explore a new medium this time this year, you know, instead of just listening to a podcast about colored pencil, maybe you're going to actually dive in and start doing something in colored pencil. Maybe you've never created anything in colored pencil, but you've wanted to for a long time, or maybe you're going to start painting or drawing in some other medium, whatever it is. And I love the idea about, you know, maybe buying a desk or a light box. Those things can motivate you so much. Even Mm -hmm. if you're not going out and buying something new, maybe reorganizing your workspace. That alone is always one of the most inspiring things. I actually kind of want to rework my current studio just to get that. It just feels refreshing and you end up feeling more motivated to work in that space again. Oh yeah, very good. Okay, number six, maybe you want to split up your year into quarters and, you know, just do two, maybe three months at a time if you're going for a a complete quarter and look at it like in smaller chunks and think about, you know, okay, this quarter, I'm only going to have one specific goal that I'm going to try to accomplish or two or whatever it is, but you have one thing. So you don't have this dual focus going on, but you're, you know, honing in on one thing. And sometimes just breaking it up like that makes it a lot more attainable when we do that. Number seven, maybe your goal this year is to finally turn your art into a side business. That means you don't take on every free project that comes your way, but instead come up with your own price list. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's nice to be generous, but sometimes, you know, when friends and family know that you're an artist, they'll always come to you and maybe they're, you know, you're, op- you're very good natured about it. And they're always saying, oh, can you do this for me? I know this is a simple one, you know, it's just a five by eight kind of thing. Can you do that for me? And you're constantly just working on free projects all the time. You're never taking it serious and never getting back with them and saying, no, actually, I charge for that. I remember one time in particular, Lisa, when I was starting out, I did have a price list, but I had somebody talking to me, a friend, and they I put that in quotes. You didn't see that. A friend <laughs> said to me, Oh, you know, uh, I got a sketch that you could do for me if you if you'd like to, and um, I may I may pay you like forty bucks for it even. Oh, forty dollars! Gee, thanks. <laughs> like wow, nineteen fifty. Better jump on that. <laughs> Don't want that to pass me by. So <laughs> anyway, they thought they were. Um, complimenting me too so that was really humorous but yeah i mean people are only as serious about your art as you are and if you don't treat your art uh, like it's something to be valued then no one else is either exactly and realistically if they're not willing to pay more for it like you said they don't have the value for it they're not going to respect it as much and so i know a lot of people will feel bad and they want everyone to be able to afford their artwork my attitude has always been if you're not willing to pay for it then you really didn't want it and i don't want to put the right. work into something that you don't really want. Right. They can get a high school kid to do their, their yeah. sketch, you know. So, yeah. Anyway. Another thing that you can do, one thing just to throw out there, if you guys have friends who make certain things, for me, when I started doing portraits or custom commissions of pet portraits, I needed to have Mm -hmm. a lot more pets in my portfolio before I was really getting much work from that. And I have a friend who makes pajamas for Italian greyhounds. Oh, I now sound like the crazy cat lady. But my dogs have no body fat or fur, so they're cold all the time. So Italian greyhounds have to wear sweaters when it gets cold or they make sure you know they're miserable and they make you miserable along with them. So anyway, she made these sweaters. And so we would do trades. I have so many sweaters for my dogs because I would trade her a portrait for stuff. She'd make blankets for the dog. She'd make all kinds of things. But you can also do art trades, something that you want that you may not otherwise really have a lot of money for. 
and they may not have money for art. Trades are just such a good way to go. I've actually done trades in the past with a veterinary hospital to have one of my studio assistants when she was spayed and had her dental work done. Actually, no, I think I did the trade on both of my current studio assistants for artwork for their office to have the dog spayed and their dental work. So, I mean, there are so many things. A lot of people are willing to do trades, so it doesn't have to just be a monetary exchange in Mm -hmm. order to get paid. Oh, that's a very good tip. I didn't know that about Italian Greyhounds, that they have to have some other coat or something. The, it depends on what the weather is. They're yeah. not a, a they're a warm yeah. weather breed. They do not do right. well in the cold. And if I don't want them Makes to pee sense. on my floor, I put sweaters on them so that they'll go outside. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> All righty. Number eight, write these goals down and keep them flexible. Just keep them out in the open somewhere, somewhere where you're going to see them. Maybe, you know, you're going to keep them uh, on a whiteboard or in a in a uh, notebook or something like that. Something that you're going to look at a long time. I know one person talks about how he keeps them as a screensaver on, on his computer. But you want them to be somewhere where they're out there where you can review them and you can track your progress. You can measure your progress. You're not going to measure it if you're not looking at your goals. You're not re- Reminded of what your goals are. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Some experts even say that you should use pen and paper and actually do the physical act of writing these down instead of using something electronic and putting this down on paper. I'm uh, with a, them on a that. very tangible way. And it, it makes sense when they explain it. I don't like that because I like I like to think I'm cool when I'm putting it in Evernote or, or in Google Keep or something like that. I just love apps. <laughs> I'm too much of a technology buff. Yeah, so do I. But the problem is I found that they're so easy because I have so many to-do lists that I've gotten yeah, and goal lists and they're just them. too easy for me to ignore. Well, and the thing is, they're not right in your face. Yeah. Either. Well, even when I set up reminders that would pop up, I'm like, dismiss. Um, yeah. It wasn't working for right. me. What I ended up right. doing last year, I actually made a video of how I made it. So we'll find a link for that to put in the show notes. But I, I got a frame from Hobby Lobby. I painted it my teal color so it matches my studio. And all it is is the glass. Oh, you like teal? I'm sorry? You like teal? A cool. little bit. Good to know. Just, just okay. a little bit. Okay. Um, but I made my own whiteboard. So it's something that's pretty. It's right next to my desk. And I have all of the list of kind of, it's not just a to-do list. It's ideas of different things. Like I have written on here, somebody wanted or I've had quite a few requests for how to paint shimmering water. So that's one of my goals to get done this year. So that's on my list. I have a lot of things like that. It's kind of an all note type thing, but all of the goals that where I needed to do a new intro for videos, anything like that, goals for things I wanted to get done on my website, that all goes on this board. And it's always right there in my face. And it is so much more useful than the apps. As much as I love apps, I have to say, writing this down on this board that is always in my face has been really, really helpful. That's a great idea. I had a whiteboard for a while and I wrote a lot of stuff down. I had it on a wall and then I kind of forgot about it and forgot to change it or anything. Anyway, it was I bought a cheapo and uh, I could not wipe it clean. So all those goals are just like <laughs> fixed there forever. And like, okay, that's not going to work. But yeah, I mean, there is a lot of truth in that. Just write something out uh, with your hands. So it just, it, it makes it a little more tangible, makes it a little more permanent, puts it in your mind, makes you think about it just a little bit more. And then you've got to revisit those things. Yep. Not going to do anything with it if you don't revisit it. And if you don't measure where you've, where you've been, where you started and where you are, where where you're ending up. And so you have to make that decision ahead of time. 
I'm going to revisit this once a month or once a week or whatever. It just, it needs to be something that you determine ahead of time. And the nice thing is this will become habit for you. It's so funny to talk about this now because this was such a Mm -hmm. problem for me. Years ago, I just wasn't, I was so unproductive all around. Everything from creating art to the art business, keeping my website updated, like everything. I was just super, super unproductive. I played way too much World of Warcraft, actually. But now, I mean, all of this becomes a habit. I don't even think twice about it. These are just things that I do, and it's not like an extra chore. It's just normal, like you were saying earlier, brushing your teeth. You just get in the habit. This is what I do. Right. Now, yeah, and and in closing, I I just want to say this, you know, don't feel down and don't beat yourself up over what you did not accomplish last year or last six months or the last month if you took time off for the holidays or whatever. But just look forward to what you can accomplish this year and try to inculcate some habits and decide, you know, hey, I'm going to do better this year. And you may have to take it very, very slow before it becomes a habit. It may take you longer to do what some other people can get accomplished in a week or a month. I understand that. I can resonate with that totally. That's okay. I'm okay with that. It's going to take me longer. I know that. And that's fine. But just get started. And that's why you have personal goals and you can't just use somebody else's goals because everyone's situation is going to be different. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm sure you guys have some goals that you would like to share or some tips on how to accomplish your goals and what art goals motivate you the most. And we'd love to hear those. You can discuss that over on Facebook in the Color Pencil Podcast group or reach out to us on Twitter at Lockery and at Sharpened Artist. Or you can email us at any time, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. And we will talk to you again next Monday. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. You know when you cut someone off and they won't stop talking about the thing you were trying to change the subject on? <laughs> I feel like that's what I'm doing by going back into that myself. I got you. All right. You're funny. No, you're funny. You're funny. No, you're funny. That's that's as deep as that one, <laughs> that one is. Sorry. <laughs> nothing, nothing magical there. I cannot refer to that as a quadrant. There's five of them. I should read these before I actually start reading them. Okay, so we're going to slide back up there to number three instead of five. I sound like a sloth. Number two, what are the specific time? Oh. Well, heck, that's what I just said. I didn't even read this. <laughs> Which moves? Okay.